Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that song played again. I'm glad that the Lord is encouraging us to talk to him. We used to sing it, didn't we? Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Amen. Discouragement comes because of disappointment. You can never be discouraged unless you're disappointed. When Christians pray and they don't see a change and they pray and they don't see any evidence of God hearing and responding, we get disappointed. We're not necessarily accusing God, but we're wondering where he is and why isn't he answering. We get disappointed. To hear some people teach on faith, you'd think that that would never occur. You can arrive at some place where God answers according to, he just kind of dances to your tune. Amen. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. The Bible said, but you have need of patience, Hebrews chapter 10, that after you've done the will of God, and that means in the context that you put your trust in him, you've made him your source, you've looked to him, you have stood on his word, you have claimed his promise, you've done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. You have need of patience. There's two words for patience that is used predominantly in Scripture, and, and the one that we generally grab a hold of may not be the one that you're supposed to be getting. One of them is when you just take a number. You, you're in a doctor's office. You got there ahead of time, and you're waiting 45 minutes, and they haven't called you yet. You're sitting there. You've done read the books you don't even care to read, but you're trying to, you know, just get in there because you didn't want to be late. You're on time, but he's behind time. And uh, so you wait. You've got to be patient. You've got to be patient. You just sit there and wait. There's, you see, when you get a hold of that in, in, in you have need of patience, well, I'm just going to sit here and wait on the Lord. And when it says wait on the Lord... Uh, we get that messed up too. They that wait on the Lord shall mount up. Wait on the Lord is activity. Hebrew word is to bind by twisting. That's activity, isn't it? You can't take three strands, twist them together, and make a rope unless you're busy doing something. Faith involves activity. Faith without it is dead. How dead? Graveyard dead. Amen. Faith without works or corresponding actions. The Bible said when we go to seek the Lord, we seek Him until He come and reign righteousness. You don't just seek Him until you're done. You don't just seek Him until you think that's enough. You seek Him till He come. That's important because in Hebrews chapter 10, it said, it said cast not... Away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. If you don't give up on God, God is going to come through. Satan can't stop him. Circumstances can't stop him. Demons can't stop him. Amen. God is going to come through. And the devil knows that. So he has one option. There's only one person that can stop God from coming through in your behalf, my behalf, anyone's behalf, and that's me and you. Psalm 78 said, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness? What upset God like that? Amen. They provoked him. He wanted to bless them. 
he had to drag them out of Egypt. He had to drag them all the way to the promised land. He couldn't get them into where he wanted them to be. His name was not being glorified because of the condition that they were in, wandering around for 40 years. And we're talk- it talks about that in the book of Hebrews, said they had the gospel preached unto them. It's type and foreshadow. As we, the rock is Christ. Amen. They all drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. It was a type of Jesus and the living water that he was smitten, amen, on the cross, and the living water was made available to you and me. Everything in the temple was about Jesus. Every piece of furniture was about Jesus. The sacrificial system's all about Jesus. This is a book all about Jesus. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. All right. You have need of confidence that after you've done the will of God, that you might receive the promise. promise. Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For he that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. You say, well, Brother Venable, I've been waiting a long time. Well, you're not supposed to be just waiting in that kind of waiting. Waiting on the Lord means seeking Him till He comes. Amen? People would rather not seek the Lord at all and have someone lay hands on them and get their need met. They would rather an evangelist with gifts come and take care of all their needs by the manifestation of gifts. And they're in the body to help meet needs. Don't get me wrong. But there's so many people that don't really know how to seek the Lord till he come. We seek him until we become impatient. We seek him until we become disappointed. And what happens when you're disappointed? The Bible said you lose hope. You become discouraged. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, amen, See, when you start getting prayers answered, when, when, when she quit falling because someone prayed and she prayed, and when she was able to walk, she, was, she would have been wheelchair-bound if it wasn't for prayer and answered prayer. God spoke to her because you had a bum leg. Amen? Somebody, listen, God will hook you up with somebody that's facing what you're facing, been through what you've been through. He'll hook you up with somebody that loves you enough to pray with compassion. Amen. Not just pray because it's the responsibility to say a a prayer. My dad used to say, can you say a little prayer for me? I said, no, I'm not going to say a prayer. Amen. I don't say prayers. But if you want me to pray for you. He said, well, just say a little prayer. I said, I don't pray little prayers. (laughs) Amen. I might say a little prayer. Amen. But I don't pray little prayers. Prayer is powerful. Hallelujah. And a little prayer goes a long way when it's prayed in faith. Glory to God. But you have need of patience. And that word that is used in Hebrews means perseverance. Say it with me. Perseverance. That means to knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. Ask and keep on asking. Not ask as if he hasn't heard, but ask because you know he's listening. Can you say, man? 
And the way I ask is to start thanking Him for the answer after I have prayed. Amen. Not just asking Him as if He hadn't heard, but letting Him know that I'm standing in faith to receive the answer. I'm going to thank you for it. When, when Charles was uh, so sick and, and, and uh, uh, he had such a setback, I called him and I said, Charles, I want you to know I've been praying for you. And then when you had that setback, I know it discouraged you because it discouraged me to hear it. Amen. Have anybody been discouraged in here? Anybody going to lift your hand a little higher? Anybody going to wave it up and down? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for honesty this morning. Amen. Your arm's asleep. I hope the rest of you stays awake for just a little while longer. We'll let that arm go for now. Amen. Listen to me. This is so important. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. I define the shield of faith as God's care, his watch care, his love, his powerful protective covering over my life. It is not within me, manufactured by me and manifested through me as a force. I'm so tired of hearing that because it doesn't allow you to be human. It doesn't allow you to be weak. Paul said, When I'm weak, then am I made strong. He was so honest. These hyper-faith preachers and teachers couldn't have hung out with Paul. Because their faith, they never suffer anything. They never get discouraged. They're never down. Well, you know, I'm living in a in a three three point five million dollar mansion. I'm driving a hundred and fifty thousand dollar automobile. I'm on top of the world. Amen. What about the rest of us? What about the rest of God's sheep that love him and need help from him? What about us? I don't live in a $3.5 million mansion. If you can Google my house, you'll see it. You've been to it. It's not, you know, it's not 3.5, maybe just 3 million. And... <laughs> guffaw, guffaw. Uh, but you know something? It's a happy home. Hallelujah. It's a happy home. And it is adequate. I am not looking at somebody else's and saying, in fact, is we were in a house that cost several million dollars. And I didn't, I, it was easy not to envy. Amen. Because all it is is stone and mortar. And when there's no, no peace, no joy and no fulfillment, you keep that. You take the high road, and I'll take the Lord, or vice versa. Can you say, man, and I'll get to happiness before you. I'm a happy, happy man today. Happy is the man that has the Lord God of Jacob for his help. Amen. Happiness is not based on happenings. Say it with me. Happiness is not based on happenings. Happiness is knowing that God is with you no matter what happens. Can you say amen? And God is for you no matter what happens. And you'll never be happy until you acknowledge and accept that God loves you and he's going to help you. Then you'll be happy no matter what happens. 
Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. We're in a depressed, oppressed culture and society. Everything they say will make you happy isn't making them happy. This is an unhappy world. In fact, the Bible said men's hearts would fail them for fear and looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. Listen, when we talk about the sea in the book of Revelation, out of the sea, the beast comes. Out of the sea, the enter, not water, not ocean. It's talking about humanity. Out of, out of all the peoples of the earth, this, this person is going to come. Out of all of those peoples, this person is going to come. And the Bible speaks of the, the tribulation as, it, as we move toward it and get down into it. That men's hearts will fail them for fear, looking at the things which are coming upon the earth. There shall be earthquakes in divers places, the sea. And the waves roaring. What does it say about the wicked at their best? The wicked with everything that the world says will make you happy. What does the Bible say about the wicked? The wicked are like the troubled sea. Whose what? Waters cast up. If you're thinking tidal waves as the result of earthquakes, you're not getting the deeper spiritual meaning of this. Amen. The culture is sick. It is drunken on, on materialism. It is staggering without fulfillment and purpose in life. The suicide rate is up. We are at an all-time high. And it's not just touching the world. It's touching the church. Amen. Clinical depression. Many people are suffering from it. Amen. God promised us joy. But we're living in a world that is oppressive. And we go after this. And we go after that. And we go after the other. And we don't find what we're looking for. Amen. And then we feel bad about it. Because we're, not, we're supposed to be the poster child for happiness and joy and peace. We're God's kids. Amen? Aren't we? What would you tell someone in the world that is drinking alcohol to cloak and cover their, their pain and their pressure? Who is taking drugs for that? Would you tell them Jesus has an answer for you? Would you? You've got to do more than tell them. You've got to show them. What I preach, I try to live. I want my, uh, my son knew this is real in my daddy. This is real in my mama. This is not something he does at church and then he's something else at home. Amen. This is real. This is, it's gotta be real, church. We can't fake it till we make it. Somewhere we have to get a hold of this thing. God is ready to put you and I and showcase us to the world and say, this is what I can do if you come to me. This is what I can do if you will come to me and let me save you and let me be the Lord of your life. Can you say amen? We're not like others who have no hope. Amen. Because the God of hope fills us with hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, when the answer comes, it makes it glad. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. You can't do without hope. I can't do without hope. Praise God. The, the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. The things that were written 
aforetime were written for our learning that through the patience and comfort of the scripture, we might have hope. Can you say amen? Glory to God. This is how the God of hope fills you with hope. He doesn't just give you hope. Oh, I got hope. Hallelujah. I'm not discouraged no more. Wouldn't it be great if it came that way? The God of hope fill you with hope. Okay, give me some hope. He said, get in the Word. No, I don't want to get in the Word and take it to heart. I just want hope. Through the patience and comfort of the Scripture, the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. This is a lesson you have to learn, and you have to learn it by getting into the Word of God and letting the Word of God get in you. There comes a point in your life we have to let God be true and every man be the liar, and the chief man is yourself. Not somebody contradicting the Bible, contradicting the Scripture, but our own weak flesh and our own reasoning mind. Can you say amen? amen. Trust in the Lord to your, with all your heart and lean not. See, this, the Word will change your thinking. It'll get rid of stinking thinking. How many know what stinking thinking is? Amen. What's so, listen, finally, Paul said, let's sum it all up. Finally, brethren, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are of good report, glory to God. Amen. You, you can't get that from the television. You can't get, you can run, you can hide, try to hide from trouble. Trouble will find you. It doesn't matter where you go. Can you say amen? Devil chase you from church to church. He will chase you from person to person if you're not committed in your marriage. Amen. He'll chase you all over this city. He'll chase you. He'll never relent as long as you keep running from instead of running to. Amen. Hallelujah. But when you decide to run, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it. We're not running from the devil. We're running to God. And when we run to God, that's an act of faith. That is not just a desperate fear of the enemy or the trouble. Can you say amen? The wicked flee when no man pursues. But the righteous but those who know they have a relationship with God and they have God's favor and God is for them and not against them. The righteous are bold as a lion. Satan is as a roaring lion who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There are people that have no defense against him, but there are people that are well defended and highly favored. Oh, you didn't hear me. There's some people down here on this planet where the devil is ravaging and raging. There are people who are highly favored and well defended. I want you to look over at somebody that you believe is a Christian in this room and say, you are highly favored and well defended. Can you say, man, hallelujah. How's it feel? How's that feel today? Oh, yeah, you're highly favored. You are a royal priesthood. When you pray, God honors your prayer just like He did the priest of old. You don't have to get the ephod like David. You don't have to put on the 
priestly vestments, your prayer is heard on high. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's made you and I a kingdom of priests, a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. Amen. He's called you a holy nation. That means you're set apart. He called you a peculiar people. That means that you are blood bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And, and you know what he called in the old covenant, ancient Israel? He said, you are a peculiar treasure unto me among all the people of the earth. You're set apart. You have a, you don't just have a force in heaven. You have a father in heaven. Can you say, man, you have a God who says, call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. Can you say, man, you have a God who invites you to trust in him and cry unto him, who says, call upon me and I will show you great and mighty Things that thou knowest not. That's not about a revelation. That is about a realization of answered prayer. He said, I will do things that is beyond anything you could think, anything you could imagine. I'm way bigger than your finite mind can conceive. Can you say, man, I'm bigger than your mountain. I'm bigger than your giant. I'm bigger than your weakness. I'm bigger than your trouble. Can you say, man, hallelujah, glory to God, hallelujah. Listen, now unto him. You've got to give Him that. You've got to give Him that. You've got to give Him that. Can you say, man, hallelujah, now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can think or ask. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is bigger. He's too big for me to walk the floor. He's too big for me to worry. Amen. My God is more than enough. Can you say, man, can you say it? My God is more than enough. His name is El Shaddai, not El Chipo. Glory to God. He doesn't make you a conqueror. Nowhere in the Bible did He say He would make you a conqueror. There's no scripture that says He will make you a conqueror. But there's a scripture that said He will make you more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Why? Because my shield of faith is His protection, His love, His grace, His commitment to never leave me, nor forsake me, to love me in spite of me, praise God, to receive me when I come before His throne of grace, to obtain mercy and grace to help in the time of any need. I had a need the other day and I felt that weight of it, and I remembered, I remembered to remember, Thy mercies are new. Every morning, the devil will accuse you of not having enough faith, of not being perfect enough. He'll pull every, he'll throw everything that he's got at you to get you to quit waiting upon the Lord and quit seeking God diligently. The Bible said, you'll find me when you seek after me with all of your heart. But when you get disheartened, when you get disheartened, When you get disheartened, you will no longer pursue God. You will feel like that you're out of, of, you'll hear a testimony of blessing and say, that doesn't include me. My dad really got mixed up about that. And and he heard young people, which was 
When you're 93, everybody's pretty much young people. Can you say, man, he heard, but they were, they were people in their thirties giving testimonies. You know, God took me out of this and got me off of drugs and that. And then he's sitting there 93 and, and he's feeling really bad and he's in kind of a depressed state. And the devil is working on him because he never really got a foundation. Uh, I asked him about all his salvation. I asked him so many things never crystallized as a foundation. Wonderful man, good man, good-hearted man, sweet man. But a man that was troubled and a man that had a complete nervous breakdown when I was 12 years old. A man who they wanted to give shock treatments to and my mother wouldn't sign the paper. And we kept praying for him. I sat with my dad on the back porch and I prayed for my daddy at 12 years old. My dad was not there supporting me. I was there supporting him at 12 years old. That's, we, we slept together when I went over to visit him. My mom and dad divorced when I was 12. I'd visit dad, sleep together. We'd lay in bed and pray the Lord's Prayer together in harmony. But my dad was tormented with his nerves. He was fearful. Terrible fear would come upon him. And, and we sat on the back porch and I held my daddy's hand at 12. And I began to be the, the help to him, the support for him. Because God had his hand on me. And I believe that God was big enough to take care of my daddy. God was big enough to take. I came to Christ when I was 12 years old. I met Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I strayed away. And I got away from God. But thank God I came back to him at 21 going on 22. And when I came back to him, I appreciated what I had. Amen. It wasn't. I had it. When I was 12, but I didn't know what I had and I put it in jeopardy. But when I came back to him, I knew what I had and I haven't put it in jeopardy since. Praise God. I'm too near home. Amen. To turn back now. I'm too near home to look back now. Amen. My race is, I can almost see the finish line. Glory to God. But until I cross it, I'm going to be running. Glory to God. Amen. I'm not going to sit down. I'm going to run it. And I'm going to encourage everybody to run it with me. My God is more than enough. Hallelujah. I don't know this weakened God. I don't know this little God. I don't know this God who cannot or will not respond to our cry. I know a faithful God. I know a mighty God. I know a loving God. I know a listening God. I know a lifting God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Everybody goes through those down times. Everybody needs lifting up. And the Bible said if we would get this thing right in our own heart, God would use us to help other people. That's what the devil's afraid of. That not only will you get victory, but you'll be able to be an instrument in God's hand to help someone else, to comfort someone else with the exact same comfort wherein you are comforted of God. To tell them, I've been where you are. Amen. I told, I told Brother Costello, I said, I've been right where you are.
You have called the right man. Amen. You have, you have called for prayer on Facebook, really. But when I talked to him personally, I said, man, I know where you are. I've been where you are. And I know a God that will pull you through and pull you out and give you victory. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go through what I've been through for anything in the world, but I'm glad that I got through and I'm glad I know how to get through and I'm glad I can tell other people God will bring you through can you say man well brother Vimble you don't know what I'm going through no there's some things I haven't experienced amen but there's some things I have and the longer I live the more I go through hallelujah I wish I could tell you the longer I live the more I develop my faith to a point that I don't have to go through anything I'm delivered from everything that's not how it works What a misquoted scripture. Every time we see escape, we want to run from trouble. I do. If I see escape in the Bible, I want to say, I'll take that door. Amen. Where's the escape? Where's the fiery trial come? What am I looking for? Fire escape. Come on. You're supposed to have a fire escape, Lord. Come on. Let's be honest today. I... I've never got up in the morning and said, you know, there's flaws in my character. I need a trial. I'm afraid of falling into pride and self-sufficiency. I need a trial, and I don't mean a little one. I need a fiery trial. I need one that threatens to destroy me and burn me up unless you come through. Lord, please send me a trial. I'm tired of just being delivered from everything. I want to be a soldier of the cross. Send me a, send me a trial. You don't have to pray for a trial. Amen. Amen. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that has come upon you as a believer, as a child of the living God, as a covenant child of God. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that's come to try you, some strange thing has happened to you, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above. Now, here's here's way it's quoted. We don't quote it like it. God won't put on you. Get that out of your mind. Get that out of your system. I've said it until I learn not to say it. We all have to learn not to say certain things. God won't put on you more than you can bear. Who's the bad guy? God. Who has put you in this fire? God. We've got a message out there because of such a lack of faith in the body of Christ, in his promises, amen, that somehow or another, if it's happening to you, God has willed it because he's like a puppet master controlling everything on this earth. No, he is not. It is not his will that any perish, but people are. Can you say he's not causing them to go to heaven in spite of their rebellion, their sin, and their choice to choose darkness over light again and again. It's not His will because people are perishing. Amen? So there's stuff going on down here is not God's will. So don't attribute it to Him. He's not the author of cancer. He didn't give that child cancer. He didn't create cancer. That's a result of the fall. That's a result of sin and Satan. The thief came to steal. The thief came to kill. And the thief came to destroy. But I came to give you life. And I came to give it to you more abundantly. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Can you say amen? You better get your doctrine right or you won't have a shield of faith. You will open your life to whatever the devil wants to do and say, God sent this to me to teach me something. Like the letter I got from the young lady that was in our church until they moved to another state. Went for prayer for a a a physical problem to the pastor of the church and went for prayer and the pastor would not pray for any healing or any help. And his message to her was, I believe God wants you to have this to teach you something. And I thought, isn't that just great? The devil must love it. You better get your doctrine straight. You ain't got no shield unless you know God's will in some matters. It's not his will that any perish, but people are perishing. Because they are perishing, does that mean it's his will? Listen to this. Psalm 91 is a covering psalm. God still keeps promises today. God still protects people today. God still heals today. I would have died before I reached my 10th birthday of cancer, if God didn't step in and God didn't heal. And the last thing I would have needed would to be in a church where somebody was telling me that that cancer in me was God's will for me, and I was to just thank Him for it. I heard a preacher say the other day that I know personally that I, we just, he was thanking God for cancer. Thanking God for cancer. You see, the devil wants God to be the bad guy. Amen. And he wants his people to just... And it's commendable when someone says, Lord, go ahead and take me home. Listen, I understand that degree of faith. But I understand when the shield comes down. When people are disappointed and quit praying and quit expecting. We had a high point in this service just a little while ago. I want you to get your doctrine straight. You're in a church that will not agree with that. I don't care how many scriptures you quote, turn upside down and inside out. The God I'm serving is the Lord God of Israel. And He changes not. Can you say man? He doesn't have to apologize for anything He's ever said. Hath He not said it? And will He not? Oh, somebody about to make me shout today. Can you say man? I'm not here. I'm not here to apologize for anything God has said. Can you say man? Heaven's going to pass away. Earth is going to pass away. This is more solid than the universe and the earth that we live on. The Word of God. Can you say man? Heaven will pass away. Earth will pass away. Amen. Man is like a blade of grass that appears for a little while. The sun comes out and he passes away. Can you say man? But my Word will abide forever and ever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Heavenly Father. That's why the things that were written aforetime were written for us to learn this truth about God. That through the patience and comfort of Scripture, which teach us about who? Him. Hallelujah. So our trust is in Him. Praise God. Trust in Him who will not fail you and will not leave you. 
No matter what, da 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 da, dee put your hope on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand. Hallelujah. Hold to His hand. His unchanging hand. Hold to His hand. His unchanging hand. Life is filled with swift transition. None of this old world can stand. Build your hope on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging. His unchanging. His unchanging. His unchanging hand. Praise God. I'm the Lord God of Israel and I change not. Glory to God. Every good and perfect Oh, look at the unchangeableness. Hallelujah. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom, everybody say unchanging. Hallelujah. In whom there is no variableness. No variableness. No wishy-washy. No, I said this today, but I'm changing it tomorrow. No, there is no variableness. Not even a shadow. Not even a possibility of turning. Can you say, man? Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. If it's not good and perfect, it's not God. Amen. It's not God. God don't want to hurt you. God wants to help you. I serve a God who loves me. And I see the material. Possessions that faith has brought certain faith teachers. I see their planes. I see their cars. I see their homes. But I don't see Jesus in the life. There are people in this room that get mixed up doctrinally. You're in the scripture and you're you're getting down in there and you feel like you're getting truth and you're just getting confused. You get in a church where there's a preacher who's been doing this for all of these years and walking through these things with victory. And you need to rethink it. You need to go back. I'm talking to somebody online. You need to go back to the book. And you need to humble yourself and quit trying to find fault and critique everything. And you need to get a heart that's humble enough to receive those that are sent to you. Amen. I got off of Facebook because everybody wanted to critique the ministry. I stayed on there two weeks and I'd had enough. That's all I could take. I couldn't take the accusation. Not because I'm weak. I just don't need that. Can you say, man, I can't take the criticism? Why? You, you, you're supposed to have a tough skin. No, I can't take the negativity. I can't take people that just want to pick at you instead of help you and shore you up. Somebody said, just hang out with people that will affirm you. I thought I can't take care of my congregation. Are you, not you guys. The congregation isn't here today. We're all that's left. Come on. Can you take it? I unfriend you. No, I didn't have time to criticize me for that. I just shut the sucker down. Brother Rumble, are you on Facebook? No. Why are you not? 
And then I had my own sheep defending me. You know? And we had a sheep fight online. I remember I was on there two weeks. Two weeks and, and one, one old sheep was criticizing me and one of my good sheep stood up and they were criticizing them for criticizing me. And the only thing I ever typed in there was, oh no, a sheep fight. I did. I typed it right in and that's just before I went off the air and said, I don't need the negativity. Amen. I don't need my focus on somebody who just wants to critique everybody. By the way, the person critiquing has never pastored in their life. They never will pastor because God don't need another critic in the pulpit. He needs someone with the mind of Christ and someone that can be led of the Holy, 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 Holy Spirit. You never heard that scripture? Who are you? I can judge doctrine all day long, but I can't judge that person. I got to keep my hands off that person. Who are you? New Testament that judges another man's servant. Under his own master, he stands or falls. You ain't his master. You don't know the heart. So you have to lay off. You ought to lay, but they won't lay off. And they think they're doing God a service by standing up for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus. Nothing like Jesus. No, it's like old flesh, old rebellious flesh. It needs to be put on the cross and crucified. We need some humility. Amen. I came out of a store the other day, and Pamela said, boy, this it's so hot out here. It feels like a steam room. And I came out of Publix, and I said, I said, oh, Lord, I'll be, I'll be glad when we don't have so much humility. I meant humidity. You know, (laughs) we need some humility. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he'll exalt you in due season. Submit yourself to them that have the rule. What? You mean I'm supposed to listen to somebody that God has put over me? What? Because they're watching for your soul. And you're supposed to, maybe you have a need. Maybe they will preach on it on Sunday morning. Maybe the Lord will talk to you about your need. Maybe He loves you enough that He wants you to humble down. God resists the proud. You don't need that when you pray. Amen? God resists. You know, when I play football, i got to hurry. Time is almost gone, but we got our money's worth today, haven't we? So far, have you got your money's worth? Praise God. Well, we received the offering again if you didn't. Amen. God is good today. Boy, I finally got a smile before we quit. Amen. You know what I'm trying to do? Help you get that flesh on the cross where it belongs. I'm not apologizing for the ministry God's given me. 
I'm not apologizing for the marriage that has took the hit and the pressure. I know preachers that are failing. I know homes that are broken. I'm not bragging. I'm telling you God is faithful. But it takes two people being faithful to God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm telling you 45 years I have nothing to be ashamed of. Praise God. I'm glad for the little audience we have here and the big one online. But I'm telling you I'm not I'm not apologizing for what we are. Amen. We need this message. You need this message. Some of your friends need this message. Can you say amen? They won't come here to get it because they're too proud. And they've already criticized us. And when they say I love you, I don't respond. I just look them in the eyes. Are you crazy? What kind of love are you talking about? I love you. Oh yeah. Feel the love. Just feel the love. No, no, I don't have to respond to that. I'm not mean to anybody. Everybody's welcome. But I'm sick and tired of people getting in the way of the Holy Spirit. Keeping people from coming to church that God wants to save because they put it on themselves to point the finger. Amen? Maybe you haven't yet. There's going to come a time in your life. I'm not the only one that suffered anxiety. Have a panic attack one time. When you feel God forsaken. When you feel if heaven is brass. And I pray when it happens, if it ever happens, that you will humble down. And don't forget how needy you are and how weak You are without Jesus. And for heaven's sakes, get the beam out of your eye before you mess with the speck of dust. The moat. Speck of dust. Say speck of dust in somebody else's. There are people going around with such a beam in their eye, they are magnifying a speck of dust in yours, and they're going to stick their pointy finger in there to get it out. Amen? They're going to hurt your eye trying to fix you. Because it's that pointed finger. I see that speck of dust. Here, I'll take care of it for you. And they stick their big, ugly, old, dirty finger in your eye. Amen. People have been trying to fix me for four decades plus. And I'm not fixed yet. The only one can fix me is God. The only one who can truly fix me is Jesus. We used to sing a song in our church. We had so many critics. And, and it became a song because criticism is so rampant in all of God's people. <laughs> and I criticize doctrine that's wrong. But I have to make sure I'm right before I do. And that I can back it up with scripture unmessed with. Because there are people that will mess with it to try to make it say what they want it to say. And there's no theologian in the world would agree with them. But that's okay because they, they don't want to listen to nobody that don't agree with them. They consider themselves in that position. Well, we used to sing, go and tell Jesus on me. If I've offended you, if I've, go and tell Jesus on me. 
go and tell Jesus, I want you to go and tell Jesus on me. Because Jesus loves me. If he chastens me, it's out of love. It's not to destroy me, it's to instruct me. And that's why David was given a choice when he sinned against God. He said, he said here's your choice. Your enemies, since I can't cover you anymore, your enemies can overwhelm you and overcome you in battle. Or I can punish you. And you know what David said without a second thought? Let me fall into the hands of God. Because my God will show me mercy. My enemies ain't got no mercy. Don't let me fall into the hands of man. Every Christian, every preacher, me included, we need to get off our high horse. God did not call you to the judgment seat. God called you to judge doctrine, judge right and wrong, but not judge people. It's above your pay grade. He that's without sin, sinlessly perfect. Let him cast the first stone. And you know, if he hadn't wrote on the ground, they would have killed that woman. They were so blind in their self-righteousness. But you know what he wrote? When he said without sin, some people don't want to deal with their sin. But boy, they can see your sin. Amen. Amen. But they don't want to deal with theirs as if they had none. They would have killed if he, they would have killed her. You without sin cast a stone. These self-righteous, crazy nutheads would have killed her. That's right. That's the interpretation of the Greek. Self-righteous, crazy nutheads. No, it isn't. It isn't. Brother Wimble said they're crazy, self-righteous nutheads. He knows the Greek. They were crazy and self-righteous. But you know what he did? He wasn't done. They would have killed her because they were self-righteous. He wrote on the ground. What did he write? He that's without what? Sin. What I believe that he wrote was those secret, covered, concealed, pet sins in their life that they thought nobody knew. Because they were self-righteous. Can you say man? He began to write them down. And he didn't just write down a list of sins. He attached the sin to a name of a man standing in the crowd. He knew their heart. So John. Adultery. 12, 11, 0, 2. Whatever the year was. Amen. I don't know how to do that. It hadn't been long since the new, you know, the year changed the whole thing. But when he attached a name, greed, avarice, gluttony, he didn't talk about particular sins. He said any sin. You've got to be sinless to take that into your own hands. And what happened? Everybody dropped their stones. Amen. Because none of them were completely sinless. we got people throwing stones today that God has disqualified. 
and they need to stop. There are people tearing down reputations of ministries, and not me, we're not big enough for that, but they're, they're tearing it down so nobody will have confidence and listen to the word because they're undermining and tearing it down. I was downstairs working the Holy Church of God and somebody had been so evil and so wicked, tearing down the reputation. And I remember I was working downstairs and I heard a knock on the door. And I opened the door and a lady was there that it had been years, but God finally convicted her. She came, <laughs> she came to the door and she said, Brother Venable, she was crying. I knew it was real. She was under deep conviction. And I thought, you can be under conviction and you can be forgiven. But somebody that could have come to church and heard the gospel like Annette and got delivered from cancer and delivered from drugs and saved is not going to come because you put us in such a bad light. Can you say, man, her and God will have to work that out later on. I'm not saying he won't save. I'm not saying he won't forgive. I have no doubt this person was saved. There's a lot of saved people that never grew up enough to work together to see the kingdom furthered and not to just get their way. Can you say amen? And here's, here's, what, here's what bothered me about I love to see the conviction. I love to see humility. I love to see somebody weeping sometimes, humbled in the presence of God, off the high horse. And it wasn't just me. When people come here criticizing other churches, it's only a matter of time. I get out my marks a lot, and I say, my day is coming. Because they nailed that church, and they nailed that person. And sometimes it's justified. But I know anyone with a critical spirit is going to get around to me. Oh, and they're going to get around to you. A lady came here faithfully. You know and love her. I know and love her. There's a lady came in my office and said, God has showed me that lady is a witch. I said, wait a minute. You're accusing a child of God here as a witch. What evidence do you have that this person is in the occult or witchcraft? Well, God showed me. And I said, that's not enough. <laughs> you can't go around just saying God showed you because I don't, you, you know. And then we got into the whole thing and then they got mad at me because I wouldn't listen. And then they called me a warlock. <laughs> and I thought, okay, if you won't, if I don't agree with you that she's a witch, then I must be a warlock. I thought, oh, Lord, help us. Help us, help us. Help us, help us, help us. We need help bad. Tongue-talking people. Tongue-talking people. You know what the Bible said about that old tongue? He said, you use it to bless God and use it to curse men. What's wrong with this picture? Can you say, man, how can you with one breath bless God and with the other attack your brother and sister? Without love, what is the tongue's 
that's supposed to represent the Holy Spirit being in control, sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And so this is, I get very few apologies down through 40 years. Most Christians never apologize because they're too proud. And that's why God resists them. And that's why they're unhappy. And they're going to make sure everybody else is unhappy. Man with Limburger cheese on his upper lip. What? The whole world stinks. Brother Venable, if I have ever done anything to harm you or this ministry, will you forgive me? I know that's not accurate. Because if you didn't do anything, what are you doing here? But if you did something, just fess up. I ran you down. I tore you down. I discredited you. And I criticized you. And I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Absolutely. Did you know something? I didn't wait for that. Because I knew, I knew you can't wait for all of that. You just, I can't carry it. I'd already forgiven that person. I didn't want to tell them. I wanted to go ahead and fess up. Can you say man? But I'd already forgiven them. Wait a minute, you forgive them without them asking you? Yeah, because I can't carry unforgiveness. I said, Lord, that's your sheep. That wasn't my sheep. That's your sheep. Praise God. You, your sheep, and you, you deal with that sheep. Amen. You love that person, and I'm trying. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm loving that person as an enemy because they've made themselves an enemy. They're not my enemy. They're the enemy of the furthering of your kingdom. You know what they said about Jesus when I got the four old me's? He does what he does by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And he said the servant's not greater than his Lord. Amen. If they came against me and hated me, they're going to do what? Hate you. But it shouldn't be coming from a fellow believer. I expect it from the world. Having said that, we're back to hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire cometh, it makes it glad. The things that were written aforetime, written for our learning, that's why this is pastor-teacher. It's one and the same. It's not two complete separate ministries when it comes to pastor. Pastor's got to teach. He's got to teach. He's got to teach as well as preach. Now, the good part was when we was lifted up a while ago talking about how great God is. Now we're talking about how rotten we are sometimes. Amen? What are you supposed to do with your flesh? It must be rotten. Can you say amen? It must be pretty rotten if the only thing to do with it is to crucify it and the lust thereof. Amen? I thought, ma'am, I've forgiven you. And I told her, though, to, to make her feel better. Because I, right, I was all right with it. I thought, Lord, if you let it go on, this is your business. This is not mine. If you let it go on without chastening somebody, that's up to you. I'm not a, you know, the Bible even said, don't rejoice when your enemy falls. Don't do a happy dance. Don't do the chicken dance. Because somebody's got trouble. You know why? Because you're going to need mercy someday. You're going to need what you're refusing to give. And I don't want, I don't want to, I can't forfeit, I can't do without it. Hallelujah. 
Well, having said that, I just want you to know we need a revival. We need some old hard hearts to soften. We need some old proud Christians to humble down. Can you say, man, so God can give them some instruction and keep them out of trouble? Handling the devil, we got all kinds of authority over him. We just can't afford to be wrong with God. Can you say, man? So let's just keep going to faith seminars and the authority of the believer. And let's don't take authority over our old flesh. Because you get turned wrong with God, you you got a bigger problem than the devil. Amen. Amen? Remember those guys that wasn't right with God tried to cast out a devil? Amen? Remember what happened to them? I want to be right with God. That's why I went ahead and forgave. But one day people are going to stand before him, every Christian. And we're going to answer. We're going to answer to God, not to me. We're going to answer to God. One day you will be and I will be and I have been and I probably will be again. There's going to be a crisis come to your life. And you are going to need mercy And you are going to desperately need grace to help. It comes in that order. Come boldly before the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy first and foremost. And what else? Grace to help in the time of any need. If the devil can disqualify you from mercy, there will be no grace to help. And how does he do that? Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. The same, listen to me carefully. This is, we've got to break this pattern. The same judgment you meet without. I heard someone say the other day, I heard a pastor say, God hit the, hit the Bahamas because there's some witchcraft. Listen, there's some wonderful Christians live in the Bahamas. I knew a pastor who married a lady from the Bahamas and he went there to live and minister in the Bahamas. He is already, he said, what hit Katrina? That's because of the voodoo. Listen, listen, if God sends judgment, it won't stop with the Bahamas. It won't stop with New Orleans. Can you say, man, honey, there is sin. There's witchcraft in Great Britain. It's all over the place. The occult is flourishing in Britain. Something's going to have to hit England too. Can you say, man, God's a righteous judge. He's not picking and choosing. We better pray for a Holy Ghost revival and pray for repentance among God's people so that we can be a witness to this world. Jesus is coming soon. And I thought, sir, you can keep talking all that talk you want, but one of these days you're going to need mercy. Those people are suffering and those people are hurting and somebody's taking pleasure in their pain. Can you say, man, hallelujah. 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 There's someone in here God's trying to deal with today. You may not want to hear what you're hearing, but oh, how desperately you need it. That's the difference about this church. God's going to talk to you personally, not just to a crowd indiscriminately. He's going to discriminate. And he's going to say, when do you humble down? When do you, when do you repent? 
And you know why he's telling you that? Because he knows the day will come when you're desperate for an answer to prayer. And he would love to come through for you so that you could glorify him. He doesn't want you disqualified. He doesn't want to say, I really wish I could show mercy. But that person isn't merciful. So I can't show any mercy. So when do we ever repent? If my people, which are called by my name, we've just made that a prayer issue, an intercession issue. It's a personal issue with God's people. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble, hum, humble, 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 humble themselves. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to decide to bow before you believe. And pray. And seek my face. And turn. Everybody say repentance among God's people. Doesn't start with the world getting saved. It starts with us getting right. Can you say, man, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way? Are all those ingredients necessary for him to hear from heaven? Every one of them, the humility and the repentance. Everybody say the humility and the repentance. If I'm doing wrong, I need to turn around and start doing right. If I know I'm wrong, I need to ask God's forgiveness. If I've hurt somebody and they know I've hurt them, I need to ask their forgiveness. Can you say amen? Because I'm desperate to have my prayer answered. God is too big for me to live in defeat. God is too good for me to live like an orphan down here. God is too gracious, hallelujah, for me to not have victory in my life. And the time is up. Will you stand to your feet today? I hope this is worth your time. There's only one service, so we're trying to cram him in a whole bunch. Hallelujah. If you'd hurry and repent, we could quit a long time ago. It's funny, but... It's true. If you're going to walk out here like you walked in with a rock in your hand and no repentance, I pray not. I pray God has spoke to you today. I pray you will soften your heart because you're going to need God's help desperately in your life. I'm going to ask you a personal question before we leave and we, we'll get all this done. I know there's appointments in People got to be places. Do you need to humble yourself? See, all the rest of it falls into place, but it all starts with humbling yourself. Do you need, I want to see your hand. God wants to see it too. Do you need to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? Hallelujah. That's what this whole service has been about. God needs it from you so he can help you. God needs it from you so that he can help you. Praise God. Are you glad you're in a church that doesn't deal with these deep personal issues and leaves you vulnerable 
in the time of your crisis, in the time of your need. Would you rather get in and get out in an hour, be entertained and go home without repentance? Would you rather go home and be left alone so you can continue to hold that rock in your hand, ready to throw it? Are you ready to drop it and to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? So that when you pray, God resists the proud, but he gives grace. And without that grace, you can't stand. I can't stand. Can you say man? But because of the sufficiency of that grace, hallelujah, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And it doesn't begin with power. It begins with grace and sufficiency. I want you to stretch your hand toward me. I want you to, I want you to pray with me and for me. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. I thank you this morning. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that in the back of an ambulance, my wife couldn't go. She followed in the car. There's no loved one holding my hand. They're not feeling good about me. They're telling them that I have a 65-year-old man with a stroke. Stroke symptoms, we're bringing him to the emergency room. They said, sir, how are you feeling? I said, I'm having trouble now breathing. And they put the oxygen on me. Friend of mine, the last thing you want is a rock in your hand to throw at somebody when you need mercy like that. And it may not be tomorrow, next week. It may be occurring already. One day you're going to need mercy from God. Amen. I'm so glad that laying in that floor, amen. Sister, you said your daughter heard my testimony about forgiving. Amen. Forgiving someone that just not only hurt me, they made me mad enough to bite a nail into. And I was, I, I said it, I mouthed the words, I forgive them because I knew I should. But I'll tell you, when I got down like that, I got down to business. It wasn't just mouthing words. It was real. Praise God. I called them by name. What did the Holy Ghost have you pray? Oh, Lord, deliver me. Deliver me. I resist the devil. No, I forgive. <laughs> That's what I prayed. And the moment I said that, God had it from then on. And in the back of that ambulance, they give me the oxygen. And I took a deep breath and I thought, if this is it, this ain't bad. Because I had God's peace in my heart. I said, if this is it, this ain't bad. If this is my last breath, my next one will be on the other side. God's got it. Pamela isn't here. No friends are there. Nobody else is there. But God is in that thing with me. Hallelujah. And His peace is upon me. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And His healing and His deliverance came to me. Because there was nothing in my heart. See, God said, get that out of your heart. I want to help you. Make sure, do business with me right here, right? It's not too late. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I realized that I wasn't digging deep enough. I wasn't going deep enough. But when I got deep enough, God removed the barrier to the blessing. And the blessing came. Glory be to God. And here I am. 
Oh, hallelujah. How many years? 65 to 72, going on 73. God has been good to me. And I never forgot it. And I may be back in an ambulance again. But I'll have the grace of God when I do. Praise God. I may go home next week, but I got the mercy of God on me. Hallelujah. Did I ask you to pray for me? (laughs) Ask God to help me to help people. 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 I've seen such defeat until I'm sick of defeat. I'm sick of seeing God's children hurt and harmed by the devil when we have such a wonderful God who's promised to help us. I want to see everybody be thoroughly right with God. Amen. To where when we pray, every demon in hell has to tremble. Hallelujah. Amen. When your alarm clock goes off in the morning in mine, I'm going to hit the floor praying. Amen. I hit the floor praying for somebody. Amen. And I can just see the demons of hell saying, they're awake. Oh, Lord, they're awake. Amen. Praise God, because we are a distinct, direct threat to the enemy because God said you get right with me you humble yourself you turn from your wicked way and you call unto me and I will hear from heaven can you say man I'm going to answer prayer you're going to see things you never dreamed of when my people humble themselves and get right with me can you say man hallelujah Father, I thank you. I thank you. Keep praying with me and keep praying for me. And let's see what God is going to do in all of our lives. Healing is available. I believe someone in this room, you're going to get delivered. You're going to get set free. You're going to get your, you're going to get your dance back. You're going to get your joy back. You're going to get your peace back. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth and for the glory of God, bless this congregation as we go from here. And thank you for calling us to yourself. And everyone said amen and amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you for coming.